Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Well, good morning, church. It is so awesome to be here with you today. I am just so excited to get to worship with you and open up God's Word with you. And I'm really excited about next weekend, too. I mean, talk about no tricks, all treats for Halloween. First of all, we get to do baptism, which is going to be awesome. But then we get to go hang out at the Sky Force game and have a tailgate party. And then you get discounted tickets out there you can buy today. But what I'm so excited about is to see who y'all are going to bring. Just to see those people that you can bring along. I mean, there's so many of you that there's people I have in mind that I want to invite, that I want to introduce to you. Well, most of you. You know, you know who you are. But anyway, but, but you know, I, no, I, I cannot wait to, to invite people to come hang out with my Celebrate family and, and these amazing people that I know who are you guys. So I just want to say thank you for being awesome. And make sure as you go out today to grab those, those tickets. And they're, they're available uh, online as well starting this afternoon. If you go to our app, you can go check that out. But I, I just want to introduce myself. First of all, for those of you maybe joining online or anyone that's here that's new that maybe don't know me yet, my name's Tim. And I am just so incredibly grateful and honored that Pastor Keith has allowed me to open up God's Word with you today. I love Pastor Keith. I am so thankful for him. He is such an amazing man, such a great mentor and role model. Isn't he awesome? Can we give it up for him? And just a quick reminder, how many of you know what October is within the the non-official church calendar? Pastor Appreciation Month. This side gets it. This side's catching up. But listen... If you've maybe, you know, you know, want to want to send him a card, buy him a new car, just whatever, just, you know, just whatever thing that, that's on your heart. But I, I would encourage you to do that just to reach out because he is just so incredibly awesome. And, and speaking of Pastor Keith, you know, he told you last week about the, the Pure Flicks thing that he did where he uh, Sony brought him in to, to film some at the movies things for Pure Flicks, which is kind of like a uh, Christian version of Netflix with pure uh, faith based and family friendly content. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, just want to let you guys know we actually this week got finalized with a deal where if you actually go to our app or our website right now uh, you can actually get an exclusive deal with a with a with a kind of a, a special rate there so make sure you go check those out but before we open up God's word real quick would you just join me in a word of prayer um God why don't you agree to that God we are just so grateful that we can come together as a body of believers who love you, who want to know you more, who want to grow in you more, who want to look more like you today. God, we just lift up this time to you. God, I pray that your word speaks, your spirit moves, that it's not my words, it's not my way of moving people forward. God, it's you. It's all you. So God, we just want to look more like you by the end of today. God, as we Talk about what it means to live lives of prayer. God, we just want to look more like you today. We're so grateful for you. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, hey, there's a story that I read the other day about this older man who's walking along on the beach. And he's walking along and he comes across an old genie lamp. You know know how this goes, right? He rubs a lamp, genie pops out, genie says, hey, you get one wish. And the man says, well, I want to be irresistible to women. So poof, he becomes a Visa credit card. (laughs) 
Now, that joke is terrible. That's called setting the bar low, and then it's all uphill from here the rest of the message. So we're, we're starting, in, starting in a good place. On the other hand, though, that's a joke, but what if you had the opportunity to ask for any one thing that you wanted? Instead of a genie, it was Jesus. Imagine you're sitting there with him, and you can come to him and say, God, will you teach me this? Will you show me this? In Luke chapter 11, there's a moment where a disciple of Jesus has this opportunity. He gets to ask Jesus for something. He says in Luke 11 chapter 1, it says, Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now think about that for a second. Of all the things this guy could have asked Jesus for, all the things he could have said, God, show me this or teach me this, he says, will you teach me how to pray? It almost seems kind of odd at first, but I think what happened here in this moment is that this disciple was able to connect the dots. This disciple was able to see not where things ended, but where they originated from. See, he saw Jesus doing amazing and incredible things, amazing miracles. He saw God showing up in amazing ways. He saw the Holy Spirit come down in physical form. He saw amazing things. But then he saw what Jesus did when those things weren't going on. He saw Jesus getting alone with his father. He saw Jesus going off to pray. Because what he realized was was that Jesus' power came from his father. That's why Jesus was always in prayer, and he wanted the same thing. The thing is, the same is true for us. John 15, Jesus says that, apart from me, you can do nothing. In Luke 11, when, when after this disciple was asked Jesus how to pray, Jesus then teaches him what we know as the Lord's Prayer. And, and I think he, he teaches him to ask for one of the most incredible things we could ask for. He says, to first of all, give God glory, hallowed be thy name. But then he says, your kingdom come. I'd rather be in God's kingdom than mine any day of the week. Your will be done. How many would you rather have, see, like to see God's will happen in your life right now? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We get to experience heaven here on earth because Jesus said you can ask for that. So that's what, that's what we can ask for. There, there's some power in that. And then later on, Jesus tells his apostles that anything they ask for in his name that brings glory to his Father, he'll do. So there's a lot of amazing promises tied to prayer in, in, in Scripture. And the thing is that over and over and over again, I think what we see is that nothing good can happen in our lives unless Christ does it. I'm not able to do it. You're not able to do it. And the thing is, prayer is the key to that. There's a story of a college professor from Wheaton University who takes some students on a trip and and they go uh, to some sites throughout Europe of major historical significance within the church, right? And and they, they go to a lot of places, but they end up at the house of John Wesley. And John Wesley is a guy who God used to really take the church, take the gospel out of these church buildings and take it to the world. 
I mean, this was kind of a, a movement where uh, the, the gospel had kind of been confined in a sense to, you know, you're only, you're only supposed to preach in these, to these people in these areas. And John Wesley just said, listen, the world's my parish. And he prayed and God did a revival and it was amazing. And the gospel spread throughout Europe and America. And it's actually a large part of the reason why we're here today. And so these students are just having an incredible time. I mean, they're, they're seeing the, these original manuscripts from John Wesley. They see the place where he actually wrote all of his sermons, and then they get to his bedroom. And in his bedroom, they point out these two little marks. There's these two worn-down spaces in the carpet where John Wesley would pray every single day, asking God for revival, asking God to move. He actually prayed so much that he wore down these two spaces, and now there's these two divots in the carpet. I mean, that's incredible the students think and they comment on it and they go on their way and then they get out to the van and they realize that they're missing a student so the professor goes back in to try to find this missing student he looks everywhere throughout the house finally gets to John Wesley's bedroom and there's a student he's kneeling with his knees in the same knee divots that John Wesley made and he's praying he's saying Lord would you do it again Lord, would you do it again, and would you do it with me? The professor waits for him to finish. He walks up, puts a hand on his shoulder, and says, Hey, it's, it's time to go. Everybody's in the car. student stands up, who, by the way, was named Billy Graham. And God went in to answer that prayer, and he did it again. And the thing is, he's still doing it again through ordinary people like you and me. D.L. Moody writes it this way, every great movement of God can be traced back to a single praying, kneeling figure. So here's the question. Do you want to see God move? Do you want to see him move personally? Do you want to see him move professionally? Do you want to see him move in your family? Do you want to see him move in the world around you? What is it? Do you want to see a movement of God? Well, the thing is, it starts with prayer. That's what this disciple figured out. He figured out that prayer is unlimited, which means it's not limited by what you and I think. It's not limited by time. It's not limited by space. It's not limited by power. The thing is, we can be praying for something right now and see the answer five seconds, five years, or 50 years from now. One of our, one of our people on our staff named Kurt, he was praying for his dad for 15 years to see him meet Jesus. And finally, last year, we got to celebrate with him because his dad made a commitment to Jesus Christ. Like, that was awesome. It, it, time is, is crazy with that. It's also not limited by space. We can be praying for people all over the world right now and seeing God move when we're sitting here in South Dakota. It's not limited by power. God can do more than we can think or imagine. No matter what anyone may say or what may, things may come against us, Things are powerless against our prayers because it's got God connected to it. Here's a fact. Prayer is the most important thing we can do because it has the greatest promise attached to it, has Jesus. We have Jesus attached to our prayers. And the thing is, this disciple figured that out, figured out that he can see heaven here on earth. He can see God move in amazing and incredible ways. So if you've got your notes and your Bibles, you want to open them up to Colossians chapter 4. As you're going there, I just want to talk about some common myths about prayer, some things that prayer is not. First of all, prayer is not a magic wand. It's not the fairy godmother, bippity-boppity-boop. 
See, there's this uh, science fiction writer named Robert Sawyer. Very interesting guy. He writes science fiction, and he, he interlaces theology all throughout it. Very interesting. There's this one story he has where he talks about these aliens that now find Earth. And so Earth, you know, scientists from Earth are able to talk to aliens for the first time. And they sit down with them only to find out that the aliens actually believe in God, which is really interesting. And on top of that, the aliens pray for eight hours a day, which is also kind of crazy. So the, one of the scientists say to the aliens, man, what could you possibly be asking for that takes you eight hours a day? To which one of the aliens responds, what does prayer have to do with asking for things? See, prayer is not telling God what we want and then selfishly enjoying it. See, prayer is asking God to accomplish what he's already willed and then giving him the glory in it. Prayer is asking God to do what he's already willed and giving him the glory in it. It's not a tool for our own accomplishment or to get our own way because to be completely honest with you, why in the world would I want that? Think about this. Proverbs 14, it says, there's a way that seems right to a man that always leads to death. Why would I want my will? I mean, sometimes it's like, I think God, I have all the answers for God. Here's my Christmas wish list. Honestly, I got the God of the universe that I'm talking to here. Why would I want my own will? I want his will. When I can have his will, his way, his kingdom, his heaven here on earth, I would rather have that any day of the week. Amen? Amen. So prayer is not a magic wand, but it's also not an emergency tool. I, I, my, my dad used to have an airplane that had this really cool safety feature. It had a little handle like right up here in the cockpit. And if everything went to heck, I mean, the wings fall off, the engine falls out, whatever, you, you pull this chute, or you pull this lever, and a parachute would come out of the airplane. And you could just float safely down to earth. And that's a really cool thing to have when you're, in, when you're in an airplane. But I think a lot of times we treat prayer like that. I mean, we're just flying along, doing our own thing, doing our own course. And then the wings fall off. And now we want to pray. Now we want to pull the chute. And we, we should always pray to God when we're in emergencies. I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. But truth be told, I think we're always in an emergency. I always need God. I always need emergency assistance. Isaac Singer once said it this way. I only pray when I'm in trouble. But what I've come to realize is this. I'm always in trouble. So I guess you could say I pray all the time. It's also not a tug of war. Prayer is not a tug of war moment where we're having to beg and plead with God to get him to hear our prayers. He hears us. He's not some cold-hearted monarch millions of miles away that we somehow need to convince that we're worth his time or his effort because Jesus' blood has made us worthy. He said that. I like the words of Martin Luther. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's laying hold of his willingness. Finally, prayer is not a religious duty. It's not some sort of a checkbox. It's not some sort of a algorithmic formula where you go and you do these things so that you can, you know, get something at the end of it. Like some sort of points you redeem at Starbucks. You know, you spend enough and all of a sudden you get one free miracle at the end. The thing is this, it is an opportunity for us to talk to the God of the universe. To come to him and bring what's going on in our lives, but also to have him come into our hearts and completely and totally change them and give us his heart. It's like the hymn that Pastor Keith quoted last weekend. Oh, the peace we forfeit. 
all the needless pains we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. If you get your Bibles open to Colossians 4, I'm going to be starting in verse 2. Paul's writing to the church in Colossae, and he says, Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. We're coming back to that. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains. Pray that I'll proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be gracious and attractive so that you'll have the right response for everyone. If you want to take a look there at verse 2, I want to jump into three ingredients to prayer that are right here in, in this verse. And I think they're absolutely incredible. The first one is this, to pray all the time. To pray when? All the time. Devote yourselves to prayer, it says in the first part of the second verse. Devote yourselves to prayer. The, the word devote here means to give all, to associate closely or continuously with something. Here's the deal. God wants us to talk to him all the time. It's how the early church lived. If you look at Acts 1.14, they were of one mind continually devoting themselves to prayer. See, the number one ingredient for any healthy relationship is what? Communication, Right? And, and the, the, it's no different with God. Why would it be any different? If we're in relationship with him, communication is the most important thing. And one thing about communication I think we forget when it comes to God is it's two-way, right? It's about hearing and asking. So often I think we think that somehow prayer is just all about asking. It's so one-sided, but it's actually about hearing God as well. It's a conversation where he's speaking to us and changing us as well. In 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul says to never stop praying. In Romans 12, he says to pray at all times. It, it's kind of like this band that I have on my finger. I have a, some of you guys may have one made out of like precious metal or something. I have a rubber one because I can't be trusted with an adult ring. But um, <laughs> one of the reasons why I am very glad I have a rubber ring is this. This ring goes everywhere with me. No matter the crap, crud, or mud that my hands are in, this band is right there with me. Because in the same way, no matter what crap, crud, or mud I got going on in my life, I'm still devoted to my wife and I'm still married to her. And that goes with me through every part of my life. The same goes for prayer. When I'm devoted to prayer, prayer is something that goes in the good times and the bad times. It's all throughout my life. No matter what I'm going through, it's something I'm bringing to God. Because in the good times, I'm saying thank you. And in the bad times, I'm saying, God, I lift this up to you. I praise you for what you're going to do. I don't know if any of you have ever had the incredible opportunity of playing sports with me. But, you know, I don't know. That's not the punchline. I don't, I, don't I don't know why people laugh at that already. I haven't even got there. But, you know, I, I'll tell you this. I, I am breathtakingly unathletic. It, it's absolutely an incredible thing to watch. And I'll tell you this. If you're ever in a position where we're playing a sport together and a ball or something's coming at me and I yell out the words, I got it! there's a 65% chance that I do not got it. <laughs> do you know why I'm devoted to prayer? Because I don't got it. 
I don't got it as a husband. I don't got it as a father. I don't got it as a pastor. I don't got it as a human being trying to walk, talk, and chew gum at the same time. I don't have it in any way, shape, or form. I need prayer throughout my life because I constantly need God working in and throughout every single area of my life. I don't have it on my own. And here's the thing. Prayer changes everything. I believe that. But here's a question for our life then. So if prayer changes everything, the question isn't how much should I pray? It's how much of my life do I want to see changed? If I believe God's power is in prayer, that I can see his kingdom come and his will be done, the question then isn't how much should I pray? It's how much of God's power do I want to see in my life? How much of him do I want to see showing up and showing off? Because here's the thing. I've heard it said the biggest sign of arrogance in our life isn't when we start boasting, it's when we stop praying. Because we're saying, God, I got this on my own. See, being devoted to prayer makes it more than just something we do occasionally. Prayer should be as normal as breathing. Prayer should be something that in the same way that if I stop breathing, I start dying physically. If I stop praying, I start dying spiritually. David Garland writes it this way. If Christians prayed with the same zeal that some people manifest to keep themselves physically fit for a longer and healthier life, they might see different results in their lives and the witness of their church. See, if we could be truly devoted to prayer, this is what we'd see. Believe that we would see the promises of God come true, that God's will would be done, that heaven would come down on earth, that the floodgates of heaven would be open and his blessings would pour out, that God's power would show up and show off. We'd see life change in incredible and amazing ways. We'd see new life in Christ. So are we devoted to prayer is the first question. But here, here's the second one. Are we awake? Are we awake right now? Turn to someone right next to you and say, wake up. See, the second key to prayer here is be alert. Colossians 4.2, it says, devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind. See, staying alert means that you are awake. means you're watchful. means you're diligent. And personally, I think that's one of the great concerns that I have in moments when we pray things like the Lord's Prayer. There's so many times that it can become so rhythmic. It's almost like we're all hypnotized by the end. I mean, it's crazy because we're just walking through the motions. Sometimes it can feel like that. I know that can be that way in my life. Almost a a checkbox or something I can say without even thinking about it. But the fact is this. God wants us to think about what we're praying. God wants us to think about what we're praying and why we're praying it. See, it's not the habitual prayers that change lives. It's the heartfelt ones. It's the sincere ones that do. In the garden, I think this is what Jesus meant when he said to his disciples to be on the watch and be alert. You ever had that moment where you're watching TV or you're doing something and your spouse or someone's trying to talk to you and all all of a sudden you just realize you're you're not really listening. Like the other day I had this moment where my wife's like, are you even listening to me? And I'm like, that's a weird way to start a conversation. Like that, that's just a little bit awkward. But I think we do the same thing with God. 
where we're so focused on our own thing, we're not listening. And actually, I think we can get to the point where maybe we're even talking to him. We're just gapping so much that we're not even taking the moment to hear what he has to say to us. Because once again, it goes back to whose will do I want, mine or his? Mark 13, 33, it says, no one knows the day or the hour of my return. So be on guard, watch and pray. So what does that look like if we're devoted to prayer, if we're having an alert mind that's consistently being reminded of the fact that the hour of Christ's return, we don't know when it's going to be. So what if we truly were watchful? What if we had a purpose in how we prayed? <laughs> I think we'd see God's will done. We'd see heaven come down on earth. We'd see God show up and show off. We'd see the, store gates, the storehouses of heaven opened up and his promises pour out on us. We'd see amazing and incredible things. We'd see life change so are we praying for it? So the first thing we want to do is we want to be devoted to prayer. We want to be alert in our prayer. But finally, there's a third ingredient, and it's called appreciation. This is where I think a lot of us kind of fall off a little bit. A lot of us kind of get to this point where we're, we're so focused on are other things in our life, and I think we forget to be grateful. Colossians 4.2, it says, Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. There's a story of a grandmother who was walking along the beach with her grandson, only to have this giant wave come and take her grandson. It just pulls him out to sea. The grandmother's horrified. So she just starts crying out to God. She said, God, help, help, help. When all of a sudden another big wave comes in, drops her grandson directly in her lap. So the grandmother takes a look at the grandson, and the grandmother kind of looks him over and looks back up at heaven and goes, uh, he was wearing a hat. <laughs> Will Rogers once observed this. In the days of our founders, they were willing to give thanks for mighty little. For mighty little was all they expected. But today, if... We can't gather in a new car, a new radio, have a new tuxedo or, or some government relief. We feel like the world's against us. It's kind of like the song that maybe many of you grew up singing, the old hymn that goes, When upon life's billows your tempest tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, what do you do? You count your many blessings. You name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. See, I get a lot more hateful when I'm not grateful. I get a lot more hateful when I'm not grateful because guess what? When I'm not focusing on what God's done in my life, I get a lot more focused on me, myself, and I. And I don't like that person. He's a jerk. I'll tell you what, when, when we take the time to think about what God has done in our life, it is absolutely incredible. When, it, when it's not, it's not that incredible. Jack Hinton who's a missionary from North Carolina, tells of a time that he was on this short-term missions trip to Tobago, and they actually go out to a leper colony and have a, a night of worship and a service there. And so as they're leading worship, Jack has a moment at the end of the service where he says, hey, does anyone have a request? And he says there was this lady who had been turned away from the pulpit, and she suddenly turned around. And he could tell why at that moment, because she, she, she had the absolutely most hideous face I'd ever seen. I mean, he said the woman's nose and ears were entirely gone. The disease of leprosy had destroyed her lips as well. And she lifted up a fingerless hand in the air and she asked, can we sing Count Your Many Blessings? 
overcome with emotion. Jack leaves the service and someone on his team comes up to him and says, man, you're probably never going to be able to sing that song again. He said, no, I'm going to sing it. I'm just never going to sing it the same. Because the fact is we all have it a lot more. We all have a lot more to be thankful for than we do not. G.K. Chesterton writes, in life we can either take things for granted or with gratitude. Psalms 100 verse 4 says it this way. And I'd love it if you'd read it out loud with me. We're going to have it on the, on the screen. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his presence with praise. See, here's the thing. When my praises go up, his promises come down. When my praises go up and I put him first, his promises come down. And it's amazing and incredible. In the next verse from what we just read, in verse 5, it says, Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. So hear me on this. I'm not implying at all that we need to be thankful for every situation we're in. Instead, I'm saying that we can be thankful and grateful in every situation we're in. Because we know that God's faithful, we know that he can do it. And here's the thing. Our thankfulness is directly tied to one thing, and that's our beliefs. Our belief system in life is where our thankfulness is tied to. Because if I believe that God's already showed up and done amazing things, well, then I'm going to be a lot more grateful, thankful. In the same way, whatever I believe is going to change how much I pray. It's going to change how grateful I am. My beliefs change everything. There's a certain space in one of our local hospitals that most people maybe don't like to go to. Maybe as a patient, you probably wouldn't want to be there. But every time I visit this particular space, it's just different. I I, I just, something incredible happens as I walk in there. It's the ICU, the intensive care unit. And I, I walk in there. And, and something just kind of happens because, see, I'm still thankful and grateful for what I already saw God do there the last time and the last time. So I start walking down these hallways and I start to remember, oh, remember that room where they gave her a 5% chance of living? <laughs> and she's still walking around today. Or that person over there, they said, yeah, they're, they're not going to make it. Uh, she's just married and having kids and all the kinds of stuff. I mean, it's just incredible. Or over here where... Man, this person did pass, but I'm seeing God move in incredible ways in that family. He's moving to to build them together. He is showing up and showing off. See, I believe what God's already done. And so then when I step in there, I can already be praising God because I'm like, God, I I, I know what you can do. I know what you're capable of. So we're just going to praise you in advance. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A.C. Dixon writes this. When we rely upon organization, we get what organization can do. When we rely upon education, we get what education can do. When we rely upon eloquence, we get what eloquence can do. But when we rely upon prayer, we get what God can do. I have seen this over and over and over and over and over again in my life. That if you devote yourselves to prayer, with an alert mind and a thankful heart, God will show up. I even had this happen really recently, just two weeks ago. Uh, well, now it's been three weeks. We had our little daughter, Annabelle, and she's a, she's a little cutie. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, I got to this point where all of a sudden I'm not sleeping 
I'm tired. And something really disturbing happened. And, and it may not seem as disturbing to you, but I, I've always had this stuff in, in my mind of like, I, there's certain ways I'm not going to speak to my kids. There, there's, certain, there's certain attitudes I'm not going to take. There's certain things I'm not going to feel in my heart. Like I'm just not going to let myself be that rageful person with my kid. And all of a sudden, man, I, I don't know. One, one kid, easy. Two kids, I, they, they don't, I don't know if, I mean, they could have warned us at the hospital, but whew, upside down. So we have a two-year-old that belongs in a zoo. And we, of course, have a, an infant that's keeping us up at night. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing just his anger come out of me. I'm getting so mad at him. He'll do something. He's just being a two-year-old. But all of a sudden, I'm just like, hey, knock it off. And there was this moment where I was actually trying to come here to church that Sunday. And we're trying to get everybody in the car. And all of a sudden, my son's screaming in the car seat. And I thought, that, you know, that was the best way. Of course, it didn't help. But all of a sudden, just a, like a knife went through my heart. I'm just like, oh, I don't want to be this person. God, I said I wasn't going to be this kind of person. What's going on here? I started talking to accountability and people in my life and, and, and people that are praying for me. And I just got convicted. Pray through your day. So I became devoted to prayer. Thanking God for the fact that I have an amazing kid and, I, and that I actually have two amazing kids. And being alert to the fact that Satan is trying to come at me every chance he gets. And all of a sudden I started praying. I'll tell you what, it completely and totally changes everything. It's amazing the way your mindset will shift. That doesn't mean I'm not a jerk sometimes. That still happens. Ask my wife. But it's amazing what God will do. The ways in the way it starts to change things and change your mindset when you start being devoted to prayer, taking it through the rest of your day. Here's the thing. Then a moment ago we asked the question, how many of you want to see a movement of God? Well, here's the thing. If you want to see a movement of God, in any area of your life, it comes back to this verse. Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. So you want to see God work in your life personally, devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. If you want to see God show up in your family and change maybe that son or daughter who's been walking away from Christ and see them start to completely change their life, devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. You want to see God show up in your school or your work, devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Now it's up on the screen. What do you do? If you want to see God work in your community, what do you do? If, if you want to see him show up in your neighborhood, what do you do? Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Devote yourselves. Would you join me in prayer? God, we want to be devoted to prayer. God, we want to have alert minds and thankful hearts. And God, we're well aware of the fact that when people pray and your spirit shows up, you start to move in people. And, and God, I just want to lift up everyone who's watching online, everyone who's sitting here. God, I, I pray for an army of prayer warriors that are devoted to bringing every single circumstance 
every single enemy, every single wall, every single thing they can possibly see around them that is against them and bringing it to you instead of working on it themselves and that we would have an army of people lifting up praises to your name and prayers to your throne and God that we would see amazing things start to happen not just on some sort of a big scale, but even just right in our neighborhoods, right in our workplaces, God. Would you just continue to work in us, Father? Would you continue to shape us and mold us into people of prayer, people who love you with everything they've got and are pouring themselves out to you? God, thank you for who you are. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless. God bless.